If you want to turn with me to Exodus 14, uh, Exodus 14, and we'll start in the 10th verse, and that's on page 108 if you're using one of the uh, Pew Bibles. You know, leading up to Easter, we're talking about prayer. And not just talking about prayer, but I've been encouraging you to be more intentional about praying. I think prayer is one of those things that, that intellectually in our mind, we know it's important. We know we should do it. We know it's a vital part of our relationship with the Lord. But yet it's so easy to get through the whole day and realize, I really haven't prayed. I mean, I might have said a few words at mealtime. I might say a few words as I'm falling into bed, my head hits the pillow. But have I really had a meaningful conversation with my Heavenly Father today? And it's easy just to let the day go by and that not happen. Last week we talked a little bit about how to pray. Uh, specifically about praying continually or praying without ceasing. Keeping those lines of communication open to where we can go to God in prayer at any moment, anywhere, under any circumstance. You don't ever have to say, you know, I really should pray about that. And, and at 6.30 tonight, when I have my prayer time, I'm going I'm to talk about that to God. Don't wait. Talk to God. When the need arises, when you become aware of something... When you're aware of a need in someone else's life, don't just tell that person, I'll be sure and pray for you. Pray. In that moment, keep those lines of communication open where you can talk to God anytime, anywhere, under any circumstance. That's what praying without ceasing means. And we also talked about what it means to pray in Jesus' name, to invoke His authority upon our prayers. And to keep ourselves focused on the one to whom we're praying. Sometimes I get so caught up in what I'm praying that I lose sight of to whom I'm praying. The Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning I want to follow up on that by talking about the power of prayer. I think one of the main reasons so many of us struggle to pray is because we're not fully convinced that it matters. Does prayer really make any difference? Does prayer have power? We know the answer should be yes. <laughs> but when we pray, do we really think that's true? Well, the Word of God gives us a resounding yes. And I want to use a scripture that talks about the power of prayer, although it's a little unusual. First of all, because it's in the Old Testament. Usually when we talk about prayer, we find uh, words of Jesus or words of Paul or something from the New Testament. And second, it's a little unusual because it never mentions the word prayer. And yet it's about prayer and the power of of prayer. So hang with me if it doesn't make sense to you at first, and by the time I'm done, you'll be really confused. Okay? Exodus 14 10. 
As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. When you hear cried out to the Lord, think prayer. They said to Moses, wasn't it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And when you hear be still, think prayer. Let's talk about that. You know, from the moment they first left Egypt, their songs didn't stop and their praise never ended. All day long. Can you imagine? The Bible says that there were 600,000 men. Now, how many women would that be and children? We're talking over a million people singing and praising as they're leaving Egypt. What a glorious sight it must have been. They prayed and sang all the way to the, the shores of the Red Sea where they camped. And because of their praising and singing, they didn't hear it at first. But then there kind of came a lull. And this low, almost indistinguishable sound began to come from a distance. And they began to see wisps of dust flying up. And then the sound got louder. And they realized it was the sound of horses running. Lots of horses running toward them. And then they heard the sound of metal scraping against metal. And they realized that it was not just horses, but it was horses pulling chariots, Egyptian chariots. And then they began to hear the shouts of men, angry men, men who were bent on their destruction. And then off in the distance, they began to see that the entire Egyptian army was bearing down upon them. Not to capture them and take them back to Egypt as slaves, but to utterly destroy them. And their backs are against the sea. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. They are doomed. Or so it would seem. The people did what you would expect the people of God to do. They prayed. Actually, in, in Exodus 14.10, it says they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. When I read that, I stopped and, and thought, is that what I do? When problems are pursuing me, when trouble is dogging my steps, when it seems like things are closing in around me and I am about to be overwhelmed by the circumstances that are in my life, is my first thought to cry out to the Lord. 
Or do I begin to worry and become anxious and fret and get discouraged and fall into despair before I pray? Do I frantically try to do everything I can possibly do to, to alter these circumstances before I pray? How we answer that question, how I answered it and how you probably answer it, depends upon how you answered the first two questions I ask. Does prayer make any difference? And is there power in prayer? See, I think there are a lot of people, Christian people, who do not believe that prayer has power. And so they don't pray. Until quite often, they're at the end of their rope. We all have within us this kind of sense of independence and self-reliance that says, I need to take care of this. I need to do everything I can to change this situation, to fix this problem, to, to help this need myself. And then once I've exhausted myself, I pray and give it to God. After all, the Bible does say, does it not, that God helps those? Amen. Where's that scripture found? Where is it, Mary? Not there. Not there. Do you know that the vast majority of Americans, when polled about their knowledge of scripture, firmly believe that scripture? After all, it sounds right, doesn't it? It sounds good to me. I mean, after all, doesn't God want you to, to do everything you can do? Doesn't he want you to try to fix it first? And then call on him as a last resort. He's a busy God after all. He's got a lot of things to do. You try to take care of that. And then if you can't, call me. That was kind of how my dad raised me. My dad wanted me to learn to be somewhat independent and self-reliant. So when I would experience a problem, maybe one of my toys was broken or something and and he could see that, well, it wouldn't, wouldn't take a whole lot to fix that. He'd say, why don't, you, why don't you try? Why don't you do all you can do? And if you just can't get it, then come to me. So, well, if that's the way it works in life, why doesn't it work that way in my relationship to God? Actually, God's word does not say God helps those who help themselves. It says the opposite. God helps those who cannot help themselves. Because he knows that in this life, we are not capable of helping ourselves when it comes to our relationship with him and the struggles that we face against our sinful human nature. We can't do it. And so he wants to fight that battle for us. He wants to do that for us. But he can only do that for us if we give it to him so that he can. 
The Bible says that he is a refuge to which we can run in times of trouble. He is a rock that we can cling to when the storms of life come. He is a strong tower that watches over our lives. Nothing happens in your life that, that God misses. You'll never say anything to him that surprises him. We must never buy into that lie that says prayer is the last ditch effort. When all else fails, pray. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've heard people say that. It's almost like, okay, we've tried. We couldn't get it. Let's pray. It probably won't matter anyway, but, you know, see what happens. Instead of when all else fails, pray, why don't we pray so we don't fail? <laughs> Makes sense to me. I know I'm going to fail. I know I am going to struggle and fall if it's up to me. So instead of failing and failing and failing and okay, now I'll pray about it and give it to God. Why don't I just give it to him to start with and avoid all that failure? I'm not a fan of failure. <laughs> and I would just as soon avoid it. Prayer is not the last line of defense. It's the first. Because when you pray, you bring the power of God to bear upon your situation. You bring the forces of heaven to bear against the evil influence that's in this world and in my life. And I'm not fighting that battle because I can't win that battle. I'm an Israelite up against the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army is coming and I'm doomed. <laughs> There's only one thing I can do. Cry out to the Lord. Now the people of Israel seemed to do the right thing, didn't they? They were scared. So they cried out to the Lord. But they did not believe that their crying out to the Lord would matter. They did not believe there was any power in their prayer because the very next thing they do is what? Yeah. They blame Moses for bringing them out there in the first place. They cry out to the Lord, Oh God, the Egyptians are coming. We're going to die. And it's your fault. You did this. Didn't we say when we were in Egypt, leave us alone? Boy, that's kind of revisionist history, isn't it? <laughs> For 400 years they've been saying, oh God, save us. Oh God, save us. Oh God, deliver us. Moses came, so here I am. Let's go. I really don't think they said to Moses, leave us alone. We want to stay in Egypt. <laughs> Do you think he could make a million people walk out of there? If they didn't want to, <laughs> they forgot <laughs> that they had wanted more than anything in the world to be free. And they praised God all the way to the Red Sea. But as soon as the Egyptian army is coming, they forgot the power of God displayed on Egypt through the plagues. They forgot the deliverance that he gave them. And they said, it's your fault and we're all going to die. And I love Moses' response. Do not be afraid. 
Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, those chariots, those horses, those angry men, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. You need only be still. Hold on to that. Memorize that. Implant that in your consciousness. And when trouble comes, when sickness comes, when heartache comes, when death comes, when anything comes into your life that's like an Egyptian bearing down on you and you can't do a thing to change it, don't get anxious, don't get fretful, don't get depressed, don't get discouraged. Be still. Because the promise is the Lord will fight for you. He will fight for you. Well, did he fight for Israel? Oh, yeah. If you read on in Exodus 14, you find out that he had been leading his people by a pillar of cloud, which turned into a pillar of fire at night so they could see. And when the Egyptians started bearing down upon them and getting closer and closer and closer, and it looked like death was certain, that pillar of God's presence went from before them and moved in behind them and blocked the Egyptians. It's as if God is looking at Pharaoh and saying, you will go no farther till I say it's time. So just sit. And while he's doing that, he's opening a way in the sea. And even dried up the ground so their shoes wouldn't get muddy. Now how is that for a considerate God? Do you ever think about how considerate God is? He didn't just open the way. He says they walk across that, their shoes are going to be all muddy. And their feet are going to be dirty. So he dried it up. And they walked through on dry ground. And then when they were all safely on the other side, God took his presence in the form of that pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, and he moved it back in front of Israel. As if he invited the Egyptians, you want to come? Come on. And they came. They charged in after them. And God caused the sea just to collapse upon them. And the Egyptians, they saw... The day before, they did not see again. In times of trouble, may we do what Moses told the people to do. Remember that prayer matters. Prayer makes a difference because prayer is powerful. And it's powerful because it can calm us in the midst of the storm. You know, they say that in a hurricane, there's that part in the middle they call the eye of the storm where it's absolutely peaceful and still. And when you go to God, when you cry out to God in prayer, He puts you in the center of the storm. The storm's still there. 
you're in the middle of it. And he says, you be still in here. And let me take care of this out here. I want to close with the words of Scripture. One of my favorite psalms to turn to is Psalm 46. And I want you just to hear these words of the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us pray. God, I thank you. That you are always with us. Never more than a prayer away. And in those times of life, when we feel that trouble has come upon us, I pray that you would help us to learn to be still. To quiet ourselves in your presence. Not to give in to the urge to get worried and anxious and fretful and frantic. But to be still. And to know that you are God. God, what you did for the Israelites on the shore of the Red Sea, you will do for us. Sometimes we need you to destroy our enemy. Sometimes we need you to open a way for us. Sometimes we just need to be reassured that you are there. And whatever we walk through, you walk through with us. Whatever the need may be, teach us, Lord, to be still and know that you are God. For it's in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen.